You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh all week long. You're one of my favorite interviewers. They picked us because we're horny. Yeah, right. and that's your chronic state. 24-7. <laughs> Zach, that is really funny. From the latest news on The Real Housewives, deep dives into celebrity legal scandals, and unfiltered combos with your favorite stars. I've got you covered. And yes, I always keep receipts. All right, welcome on in, everybody. I hope you are having a lovely week. I am looking forward to seeing everybody tonight live in New York City. I'm at City Winery NYC. I don't know if we have any tickets still left. You can go to nofilterlive.com right now um, because we are pre-recording this, but... I am live in New York tonight, City Winery, NYC. If you can snag a ticket still, go to nofilterlive.com and come on in. We have Megan King that's going to be in the show. We have... um uh, we have Emily from Access Hollywood on Housewives Nightcap. You may have caught our interview this week. She's going to be giving some hot takes. We have the Brav Bros in the show. We have some surprise special guests. So get ready. Come on out. City Winery NYC. And if you can't catch the show, then definitely follow me on Instagram so you get all the recaps. I'm excited because one of my, actually my very first No Filter Live show, he was in it at the Bourbon Room last April. <laughs> and now I get to chat with him again every time we collab. It's always a good time because he's always got such hot takes. And even though we fight, <laughs> even though we fight over Erica Jane, I'm glad to have him back on the podcast, especially now that Erica's in her redemption season. Please <laughs> welcome back host of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the one and only Ryan Bailey. What up, Filterinos? By the way, just show up at the show tonight. Just show up. Just Even show if it's sold out, <laughs> just show up. Just force your way in. You, There's going to be huge surprises. It's going to be something you got to go there. Just show up outside. Well, just start chanting Zach's name. <laughs> the last show that we did, though, that was with Sandoval and Schwartz and Sheena That's, and Ariana. I... It was like a year anniversary of that a while back, and I saw pictures of it. I had forgotten. Yeah. I that was such a crazy night. First off, it was so like you and Adam, like that was such a well done show. I was shocked at how well that was put together. But then just thinking about everybody up on that stage, yeah. I mean, I was sitting in a booth with Ariana and Tom, and then she, I made up with Sheena that night oh, that's and Brock. Right. And all of this stuff. And then I remember walking to another bar with Sandoval and Schwartz afterwards. And it was just so, and it was like that, uh, you know, Kyle Richards, uh, you know, that episode of like, yes, we were I all was so happy just, that day. I was thinking we were about all just. So, because that was before the, the, yeah. the 10th season aired and everybody was so full of hope well, and excitement and, and curiosity of what was to come. And it was also right before Coachella. Like that was like weeks yes. right before. Well, and well, and Raquel was supposed to come to the show that night. Their manager was like, hey, can you put Raquel on the list for tonight? And I was like, okay. I was like, I don't really care for the girl, but if she wants to come to the show, sure. <laughs> and then I think she met up with them afterwards. Were you there when she met up with them? So I was there. Uh, I, she might have met up after I dipped out, to use a Sandoval mm. uh, phrase. I dipped out, dude. So she might have came afterwards. But I will say I went to Coachella then with them the next week. And we were talking about it that night. And I will say, like, when all of this even broke, I know we're all over Scandaval, even though it keeps going, is that I, when all of this broke initially, I was like, there was, I, I would not have seen, I was around them and I would not have even thought 
that was going on at all. Like, in fact, like I, I was around Raquel. Raquel was, you know, always been very nice, but like, I was watching like Tom and Ariana make out at Coachella. I remember, I keep saying, like, I remember having that thought of, wow, they really are a magical couple. Like I, they were making out in a dance tent and I was like, man, that's like, you know, nine years in and they're still this romantic with each other. And I remember feeling bad. Like I remember personalizing it like a narcissist going wow like they they really have something that i i you know it, it was just it, it was mind-boggling to me it really was i mean wait so you you went out with jeff too right jeff went out with them that night too or was that did he meet up after when did you uh, dip Je- out jeff I, epstein yeah uh, I'm trying to think. I, I mean, it, it's all now so long ago, but I'm, I mean, maybe Jeff was there. I just remember we all walked down to the well. So we were walking on Hollywood Boulevard and then we took a, a right at some place and then the wells at like sunset right next to the Palladium. And I remember talking to Tom Schwartz about mushrooms <laughs> and we were talking about mushrooms and it, it was like it was. But. It wasn't, there wasn't anything on my radar, radar, except that it was like, that night was really fun. Coachella was really fun. I would never have predicted. In fact, when all of that broke, I always like, I thought there's no way this is true. I just thought it was another crazy rumor in the Bravo sphere, which we get all the time. Yeah. So what was it like? Cause you loved Sandoval. I feel like that was your boy. Oh, so when it broke, I, cause I remember you even kind of tweeting me like, we need to wait and see. And I was like, dude, Ryan Bailey, what are you doing? I'm like, you're on listen, the wrong side of history I, here. You know, listen, I, I always thought I was right all the time. And it turns out I was wrong. I but I will say, I had such a man crush on Tom Sandoval and people can laugh at me all they want. I've been made fun of so much. But I just always stick to the fact of here's somebody that was doing something really weird with his life. Ariana was supporting him and he seemed so positive and so full of energy. And it really inspired me because like, listen, we're doing weird things with our lives. You know, podcasting didn't really exist until like, you know, long, you know, we're doing these weird things. And he teaches, you know, I was learning this lesson of like, screw anybody hating on you. Just do what you love. Do it with passion. And I know. And he was doing Raquel. Yeah. Yeah, he was doing Raquel with an extreme passion. Like, I mean, really, he was lost in the sauce. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, and I hate to, because this has nothing to do with me, but it is weird because I truly, which is so sad, having to keep saying this out loud, was that I really looked up to him and I was like, this this is kind of the perfect, it's the anti-Jax. Yeah. It's the, you know, I was like, here's a guy that's not out there creeping on girls. Here's a guy out there just like, he might be super into himself, but he's like, he champions other people. He, you know, he paid for Richella for his best bud, DJ James Kennedy. I just thought, what a cool, cool guy. And then that's all, I'm kind of, I'm not tethered to this earth anymore. <laughs> it really ruined everything for me. <gasps> Were you, well, because I remember when it first broke and I remember texting Sheena and being like, there's no way this is real. And she's just like, it's TMZ. It's not reality blurb. And I was like, shut the fuck up. This is real. I was like dead. I was like, what? It was insane. I could not believe it. It is just weird. The stratosphere that they're in now, because I had Sheena on my podcast 
the Monday that she flew out to do Watch What Happens oh, Live yeah. with Raquel. And then later that night was when the non-hit happened because she can't make a fist. Yeah. Like that literally, like I released that episode <laughs> that day that they were on Watch What Happens Live. And we had talked on Monday and our, our conversation on the show was about how, you know, like Raquel's like a little sister and all of this. And it just shows you how really, how, how they really didn't believe yeah. this was true. And that's why- it's so frustrating sometimes with Bravo audiences, even though I understand why, is that we thought, you know, oh, this is so planned. This is so scripted. Yeah. This is so fake. And I'm like, guys, at some point you have to accept elements are completely yeah. real of all of these shows. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it still like blows my, the whole scandal of it all going back to just remembering that week in the news. And as it was all breaking, I mean, and now Vanderpump is like really in their golden era and really just, you know, having their moment. Um, are you excited for the re this new spinoff show that they're planning with Jackson Kristen? So I, I've got I've argued with people in my audience, especially with this. Because uh, I would have said a year ago, I would not, I was not excited. I think it's a mistake. But now through this scandal, I've, I'm learning to now say never say never. Yeah. Like if it's good, then it'll be good. I mean, if it's good, we'll know immediately. And I think there's something so hysterical because I watch these shows, not just for the seriousness of it, but there's this, you know, it's high comedy for me. This works on such a meta level. And a lot of the Vanderpump Rules cast members and reality show people in general, there's such a hit, like the the blindness that they have to their own lives. The hip, you know, the, the it's so hypocritical sometimes. And I would, yeah, man, I want to see Jax on there complaining about how he's better than Sandoval, how he's like, how he's not acknowledging any of his own past behavior to me that's hysterical i would i would kind of yeah. want to see that wait in the finale of this most recent season of vanderpump sandoval talks about how he had a friend how how friends went from um being good and close with him to then making memes about him and he was surprised that they could make memes and not reach out to him was he referencing you you know i've been told that he might have been um and you know, listen, I, I think like you, you as well, like I'll sometimes hit really hard on social media and I'm, you know, I'm sensitive. I'm a pussy. I'm all that. But like <laughs> on social media, I'll get like, I'll get, you know, I'll get my joke out or if I'm frustrated, I'll take that out on. And Sandoval really, really upset me. And especially I really do care for Ariana as a person, even aside from the show. So yeah, I was pissed with all that information coming out. I, I hear that it could have been, I don't want to like say that's definitively yeah. me. Cause that's, who cares? But I will say like when all of this happened, cause I heard he was starting to reach out to people. I just flat out blocked his number, <gasps> blocked him on all. Well, what? listen, I don't think he would have reached out, but just on the off chance, because I didn't want to even put myself in a position where I had to be. Cause I don't, I don't know. Like it really, like I, it, I need to see a there. I, I do see a therapist, but oh I, my like, God, the, I wish he came to me instead of Howie Mandel. Oh, well, listen, the Howie Mandel thing to me is like, that's going to go down in history as one of the funniest podcast episodes of all time, unintentionally <laughs> so. But it's, it is funny how everybody, like we've been doing this for years. Yeah. It is funny now that everybody wants a piece of the Vanderpump attention economy. Yeah. You know, podcasts are springing up right and left. Podcasts that have nothing to do with reality shows all of a sudden have to do with reality shows. And I'm like, yeah, man, come in. The water's fine. But, and your audience knows this especially, isn't it nice to hear, um, 
people that actually know and love the shows, the people that have they've been doing this for a long time and yeah. are day in, day out. And Howie Mandel, huge star, famous. But it is funny when somebody gets that opportunity and then puts no preparation forth and kind of thinks they can get by on their their wits. And I just like, we're better than that, man. Mm-hmm. Like, anyways, yeah, I, the Sandoval stuff, I just didn't want to have a conversation with him about it. Uh, and I don't know. I don't, I really am curious if I ever will have a conversation with him down the line about it. But I think like I could see him coming on your show. I could see him. Uh, I just don't know if I would want to give. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I've gone back and forth because yeah. you probably get that question of like, who wouldn't you interview? Who would you interview? You know, like I always yeah. go back and forth on where because, you know, where like, is there somebody that you wouldn't interview right now? No, I would interview anybody. Because I also feel like I like to get to know people on like a more human level, even in my interviews or in the pre-interviews that we do that like I feel like even when I ask the hard questions, which I'm not afraid to do, I always like to ask the hard questions. um, I do it in a way that makes people feel comfortable and at least makes them feel safe enough to open up. So I feel like if I were to get Sandoval on the show, like I would do the interview justice of asking him the the hard questions and keeping him accountable and not sift and not feeding into his bullshit but also giving him an opportunity to, to really tell his side of things whether people but we saw how that not. went on howie mandel no like, howie mandel we... was totally pre-scripted and he listen i would there were so many angles that howie allowed sandoval to take that down that were total bullshit that i would have never and i don't think you would have ever you, you have to and it's because you have to know the details and you have to know the backstory and i think that's why he chose to go with howie mandel is because he knew that howie would do him a solid. He was like, listen, I'll shave my mustache on camera for you because that'll get you some clicks because he thought that would be the highlight of the interview. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, like he just, he knew he could bullshit Howie. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the other thing too, is you said, you know, I like to have respectful conversations with people and give everybody a chance. And I mean, I have the same, uh, you know, I try to go about things the same way, but at the same time, if I know I can't do a respectful interview, I won't go for that interview. Like that's like, I don't know if I would be able to have a respectful interview with Sandoval in this moment, like in this moment, you know, time heals all things, right? We're probably going to think differently about this situation six months from now, a year from now, we've seen how on Vanderpump rules and all reality television, it's a game of up and downs. It's a game of villain one season, hero the next. And I'll be, it's like, how does Sandoval get out of this jam? Because we know he does care about what everybody thinks. So it's a very interesting position for him to be in right now. Is there somebody you wouldn't interview? Oh, I think you already know this. I mean, like this, I I would not touch Lisa Rinna with a 10 foot pole. Really? I would. Yes. There's nothing. What am I going to get? There's also certain people that there's an agenda there that if you pay attention to any of their interviews already, you're not going to be able to have the conversations that I enjoy having that, but that's different to each person. Like yeah. you would kill a Lisa Rinna interview. I would not kill a Lisa Rinna interview. <laughs> I would not, I like, I wouldn't, I don't think I would be the person for that. Yeah. Um, so, there are certain people, but at the same time, it is exciting because yeah, your opinions change from season to season. And I love interviewing people where I'm like, Oh, I didn't love you initially, but now I really love you because I always think about us as people. Like we have good seasons of our own lives. Like, Hey, this year, not a great season for Ryan, but (laughs) two seasons ago, amazing season. We go up and down. Would you interview Erica? Uh, I think, Oh, that's tough. 
Right, what's going on? I'm Anna you know, Jane. No, I, I go. What's that? No, go. Ahead. No, I would just be so. I would be. There is a natural curiosity I have about Erica. Uh, I really would be curious to answer, like ask a bunch of questions if she would be open to it. Yeah. But also, I'm just also curious on little things that have nothing to do with this case. Like you said, you know, like this past season, you were talking about how much sex you're having, how much, (laughs) why did we never, why did we never see a shadowy figure in one of your doors? Why did we never get to see a date on camera? Like, those are the things that I'm truly interested. Like, I want to see Erica on a date. I want to see what that's like. I want to see how flirty she is. Does she get nervous? I want to see that aspect of Erica because she talks a big game in terms of sexuality. I want to see it firsthand. Yeah. 1000%. 1000%. I almost interviewed Jen Shaw. I bet. Well, Jen Shaw would be another. Well, see, that's Zach. The, but going into these things, sometimes, you know, they're not going to tell well, the, you the well, truth. That's because- why. Well, that's why the interview didn't happen. I said I would only do it if I'm allowed to ask these questions. And these are the points that we have to touch on. Otherwise, I'm not doing the interview. It was supposed to be right before she was going to go to prison. Because, um, I mean, listen, she's done other interviews and she lied through her teeth. And I wasn't going to give her a softball interview. I was like, this this is what we're going to talk about if she's going to come on this show. Because at that point, I think she wanted to rehab her image. And the only way to do that was to sit down with somebody that would have asked those hard questions because I'm like, if she wants to rehab her image, she needs to have a real sit down conversation. At this point, she has nothing to lose. She's going to prison tomorrow. Like, you know, well, I mean, it is fascinating, though, because these housewives never stop being housewives, even in prison. These updates (laughs) we get about Jen of like Jen's lost 45 pounds. She's teaching women how to read. She's uh, started a scholarship (laughs) program for the little Jen's like there's all of these. I'm just like, girl, you've been in there three months. Chill out, like give yourself time to heal. But it's already they're already you can tell they're already working on, you know, their comeback. And it's like, let yourself like I sometimes wonder if these people are actually healing or if they're already just trying to plot their return. It's like the eternal political campaign. Yeah. It's like stop campaigning sometimes. I think sometimes the audience would find it refreshing if they if we truly felt, oh my God, this is a very like you know those real moments we see on reality television where we're like, whoa, that rings so true. Even yeah. like the Scandal episode, we were like, damn, that's real anger. If we saw that from Jen, I think sometimes we would kind of reconsider or even start to think, well, certain people can get themselves in really bad situations. And once that starts, it probably rolls like a snowball, but that it takes honesty. Yeah, it does. Oh man, Jen shot. Yeah. I think she needs to take a beat, like, you know, have her moment with Elizabeth Holmes, let them build that relationship. That way when they come out, they can give us their new business opportunity. I'm sure you covered this, but that the 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 thing that her publicist or whoever said said she's working on the Real Housewives of uh, oh, yeah. the prison the playwright. and I was like yeah I was like is Elizabeth Holmes going to audition to be in that show <laughs> the Elizabeth Holmes of it all because you know Jen Shaw has been I bet Jen Shaw like immediately targeted Elizabeth Holmes as a friend like what up girl like and acted like she didn't know who she was like Jen Shaw I believe is smart enough where I bet she has completely ensconced herself in Elizabeth Holmes' life at this point oh yeah. Completely. And Elizabeth Holmes, I think, knows like Jen. By the time she came in, Jen was already running the block that she's like, (laughs) I'm sticking with Jenny from the cell block over here. (laughs) They're allies. I mean, I thought it was I for a second thought, is there is there a a world in which we live in that they would keep Jen Shaw this season and do the first talking head through the prison glass? Like, would you be like? 
Like, wouldn't that be amazing if, like, shooting Jen Shaw through prison glass and her being like, Heather wore a shitty outfit to come visit me, you know? Like, just, like, being able to keep her in the cast through prison phone calls. Oh, my God. I couldn't even imagine. She's so, well, now we have, what, Queen of the South. Queen of the South has the fourth season out, and they're, we're covering um, we're covering the Jen Shaw case. So it's, it's fun Ugh. to revisit all of that and listen to... Everything that she's like, it's her entire scheme is just wild. She's just such a character. And it reminded me, like listening to some of the episodes recently reminded me of just like what made her like that breakout housewife. And I'm like, she is just nuts. Well, don't you look at that at the at the new cast of Roni? And now I'm so jaded where I'm like, which one of you guys ha- is about to get arrested? Like, which one of you guys are are completely defrauding somebody of their money? I think that's how we approach Housewives or yeah. even Vanderpump Rules. Like, which one of you is cheating on your husband? Yeah. Which one of you are going to go to jail eventually because you got too cocky being on a Housewives show? That's where my mind goes sometimes now. Where? What are your thoughts on the new Roni? Are you liking it? I did like I was like a lot of people. I didn't want to like it. I was like, oh, it's such a you know, we have to learn all new people. We have to learn. You know, I was kind of like uh, about it. And then I watched it and I liked it. And I watched last night and I liked it, too. And there's like zero stakes. But it is kind of nice. I was really trying to think about this overnight. And I was like, why do I like this? But I'm annoyed when other shows just kind of sit around and talk. And I think my answer this week was, well, I'm still getting to know these ladies. So any information I'm getting is new information. So, oh, Jessel hasn't slept with her husband in two years. Well, that's interesting. I got to hear how Jenna Lyons was forced to come out by the New York Post. Well, that's interesting. I'm kind of entertained learning about these women. Now, by the sixth episode, I could completely change my mind. But right now, I'm like, it's kind of interesting to see Cy pack 30 overnight bags of outfits for a three-day weekend. Like, these little things that we're used to seeing in other Housewives shows, it kind of takes on a new life, and it breathes uh, kind of fresh air into the whole genre for me. Um, So I got to say, I really like it, but I also understand that it's not the best thing since sliced bread, but it's really good so far, for in my opinion. I think it's light and refreshing. It's very Sex in the City, um, which I think is different from the heaviness we've gotten on shows recently, like Jersey and Beverly Hills. Like There was yeah. just this heaviness that came with those shows that I think this feels light and fresh, but I also don't think anybody would have given a shit about this show or this cast had it not been named Real Housewives of New York. Had it not been the pressure of the reboot, because that's really why we all tuned in, because we wanted to hate it. We wanted to have this, you know, expectation of it. I don't feel like I've developed a fully baked opinion about it, because I feel like I want to see a few more episodes before I really understand who these women are and what the dynamic is and all of that. But from what I've seen so far, it's light, it's refreshing, it's Sex in the City, which is having it's you know their reboot moment right now too that i think it is fun well yeah it's fun and i and you said it exactly of there's not this darkness but also what's what's interesting about that is the darkness happens on all of these other shows because these shows have been on multiple seasons yeah. we formed the audience because reality shows you know what's so 
awesome about reality TV that's that other things don't have is that it also depends on the audience. The other part of these shows, the only way they work is because of us. It's different than movies and scripted television is that they need us. They need us to be tweeting. They need us to be making memes. They need us to tell people about this. It's water cooler stuff. It's like what TV shows used to be in the 90s in terms of like water cooler talking about that episode of Friends or ER or whatever. That's reality shows now. And we don't have this dark history with these New York ladies yet that we had with the old Roni cast that we have with Jersey that we have with Vanderpump rules. So we're able to kind of approach it of like, okay, it's like that first season of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. When that premiered over the pandemic, I was immediately enamored with it because it was new. It did not have the baggage of all of this other shit. And I, uh, I appreciate that, but you're right. By the sixth episode, we might be in the weeds and it might be the most boring thing that you've ever watched in the whole wide world. But, but at the same time, I've been arguing lately to be like, why don't we try to just give things a chance before we completely crap on it? Because I I've done that. And I like, why don't we just do that? There's plenty of things to crap on. Let's do this until it's like, unarguably bad and and see where it goes because we want bravo to thrive no yeah we do we do but i also yeah well <laughs> zach you sound like you're on the fence you're like ah oh, we do we kind of do what would you well, wait what would you go to if bravo ceased to exist um i mean still like hulu Netflix, <laughs> like the streamers, I think, you know, the streamers are, are are competing. I mean, like, I don't really watch MTV anymore. I don't watch E! anymore. I mean, Bravo really is the only network I watch outside of, you know, the streaming services. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, like, I go to Hulu for Kardashians. I go to Netflix for whatever. Are you liking Kardashians this season? I am, but I know I'm in the minority, but I think I watch it in a different way than everybody else because I think it's one of the funniest meta shows out there. And it shows you no matter how many billions of dollars you have, you're still going to get in petty, stupid squabbles about Andrea Bocelli at your Italy (laughs) wedding. And I think to me, that is one of the most ridiculous. It just shows you that money doesn't really at the end of the day do a lot and what the kardashians think they're presenting to us if you kind of peek past that it to me is hysterical because what they're trying to show us and what we actually see are sometimes two different things and i think that's very entertaining to watch i agree i'm loving kardashians this season um yeah yeah i will i don't want to give any spoilers away but the finale is this week um i know i'm so bummed I know, but the last week's episode was really good when you see yeah. Kim and she's going through the storage unit and I just, you all, you can also oh. just like feel like the end, like she's literally going through the past several years of that whole chapter of her life in these storage units and I'm just. Oh, I want an Ocean's Eleven movie where we break into Kim Kardashian's storage facilities because she has saved every piece of ever like all of her memorabilia, everything are in those storage facilities. So much so that I get nervous because she's mentioned those storage facilities so many times. I get really nervous. And I'm sure it's highly secure, but I'm like, when you, you can tell she loves it so much. And I always just get worried because I'm like, don't show people it's that valuable like if it you know like i get worried and you always like I, you just never know and i have a feeling kim loves that stuff so much that i always get scared it will be taken away from her at some point just to like you know life gives us these tests i know that's a really dark thought but like i was thinking that this yeah. week i was like oh you're showing us this again it just shows us everything that you have yeah i mean she even had like the who who's what was it, Audrey Hepburn? Whose contract did she have? It was 
Yeah, it was. Uh, was it Elizabeth Taylor? Elizabeth or, Taylor. I mean, that's right. Yeah, Elizabeth Taylor. Her first contract. I was like, how do you even have that? Why do you but, even have that? But what I loved, it wasn't even in like a frame. It was no, in a it was box. Like, yeah, it was just like a, a plastic, box of papers. Yeah. She was like, oh, look at this. This is Elizabeth Taylor's first contract. And I'm like, you're just keeping that in a box in your storage facility? Like, imagine, I what, what is that? What is that reality show where they go through storage? storage oh, wars. Storage, wars. storage wars at Kim Kardashian's place. Celebrity storage wars. Not even just Kim Kardashian. I want I want to see Chris oh. Jenner's storage unit. Okay. Remember, uh, remember Paris Hilton when her storage facility uh I guess lapsed in payment and somebody bought it and they found like nude photos of her. This oh, is like man. 15 years yeah. ago, you guys. There's so much pop culture that happens that you completely forget about, and you're like, oh yeah, that kind of sounds slightly familiar. But celebrity storage wars is an excellent idea. I agree. I think that would be fun. Like, like cribs, but like the storage units, let's go through the old shit. Zach, I'm not, I mean, this is a great idea because you could literally get them on board. You could just say like, okay, pick out six items that you want to highlight. And we just go through dusty boxes. You do it like three celebrities an episode. I mean, that's like a killer show. I would love to host something like that. Okay, I'm producing that. Zach's gonna host it. <laughs> there we go. Um, so you are loving the new Roni. You're you're giving it a thumbs up. Yeah, for two episodes. I mean, I'm looking. I looked. Uh, okay, this is another great. After the first episode, I watched it like three times for the show, and I liked it better each time. And I will say, halfway through the week, I was like, "Man, I wish the second episode was out tonight." And that's always a good sign when I'm looking forward to it instead yeah. of feeling like work. Instead of feeling like work. Yeah, I agree. What are your thoughts on Andy's beef or well, Bethany's beef with Andy? <laughs> Andy's been very quiet. <laughs> and by the way, I hope Andy continues to be quiet. Do not breathe really? oxygen. Really? You this. don't want him to get well, Bethany. Okay, sure, I do from a petty standpoint, but I will say when you give something attention, it adds to that fire. Yeah. And that's what Bethany wants. Bethany right now is trying to draw Andy out. Um Listen, what Bethany is saying about um, unions and reality TV stars, there's something there. Yeah. There is so, there is a discussion well, yeah. to be had. Well, what is your take on her point? Because she's saying that, you know, we want to, um, like, we need so, some sort of union for reality stars because we have the actors that are on strike and the writers that are yeah. on strike. You have an acting background. You have an appreciation for reality TV. Like, where do you, especially housewives, and she is like, this is the perfect time. I'm the perfect person. It's very Trumpian. She's like, I'm the perfect person to save the yeah. reality stars because yeah. I have no skin in this game. I was like, your you know, ego you, is the skin <laughs> in this game, but okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you said it perfectly as Trumpian, and I don't mean that in a you know, Republican Democrat thing, but there's yeah. a thing that you can acknowledge that Trump does, regardless what you believe, yeah. is that he has this tendency of there's an issue and you know that I'm the only one that can solve it. <laughs> he'll even say, you know, he'll be like, you know, like I do, that I'm the only one that can. So he already puts that thought into your head of, yeah. well, shit, maybe he's the only guy. Bethany does the same thing. And what she's talking about in terms of a union there are points to be made, but I will say producing reality television and producing scripted television and movies are two different animals. And Bethany knows that better than anyone else out there. I always talk about the concept of a reliable narrator on these shows is that you need somebody that you can trust. Like Jen Shaw, not a reliable narrator. We can't trust her. You can't trust her. But um, uh, I'm trying to think of who on on Salt Lake would be a reliable narrator. But it, it's somebody that you can trust that's not going to completely like they're kind of middle of the road. Bethany isn't that because we've known. I, I tweeted this over the weekend, but I said um, 
When somebody shows you who they are on multiple seasons of a housewife show, believe them. Yeah. Believe them. Bethany has shown us who she is on these shows and off of these shows. It's not all of a sudden Bethany has grown this amazing heart for all of her reality show compatriots. Bethany is in love with attention like a lot of us are. Bethany, for some reason, like a lot of us, has this huge hole in herself that needs to be filled. And nothing she does will ever fill that hole. So she will always find something, some hot button issue to attach herself to. Now, I will say, Bethany, one of her biggest fans when she first was on reality television, loved her spinoffs. And I think what she does in terms of her charity work is bar none. I remember just being blown away with yeah. her uh, chartering those planes, going over and helping like, like places that got hit by natural disasters. Just amazing. But I have also, if you're a student of reality and Bethany, you know, all of the things that she's attached to herself to that has not gone anywhere. She's had multiple, she had a talk show that failed. She had an HBO reality show for Mark Burnett that failed. She's had uh, things that she's tried to produce in reality television that have failed. She also, if she was so concerned about reality TV show pay, when she decided to sign up for her second run on Roni, I think that would have been a perfect time to start this conversation. She chooses now of all times. My Also, my issue with Bethany is that I've seen her shit on Housewives so much. Pick a lane. Do you love it and are proud of what you built or do you hate it? It seems like she loves it when it's popular and when it's not, she likes to make fun of it. And the other thing about Andy is like, we came up together. You didn't come up with Andy. You know, like you, you were fight, you were doing, you were doing your own thing. And also this whole, like, she is a self-made woman to a degree, but she was also a highly privileged woman, woman at that point, like just period. That's the way it worked. But I'm still like, I was blown away because she truly is one of the only housewives that made herself into a multi multi-millionaire. But what scares me is that still didn't do it. Like you think that would be like, if I made multi multi-million dollars, I would, I would want to believe that I would stop social media that would I would go live this beautiful life have a family but you see that that's not it she wants more and more she does have a point with this though in the sense of there could be a union in terms of fair conditions and stuff but the way reality shows work is that they are cheap to produce for a reason yeah. is that they are cheap to produce and also you're thinking she keeps using Vanderpump rules the great success of Vanderpump rules Raquel should be able to share in that yeah she should have some contract negotiations but remember there are so many piss poor seasons of reality television where they don't make the ad revenue that they're supposed to generate, where they have to like bring, like these things cost money. Yeah. I do think, and also they are non-union shows, so they are able to keep going. But I think Bethany is not the person to be in charge of this entire thing. I think Bethany, if you even look in past contracts she's been a part of, she has tried to be the producer that would take all of your money as well. Um, so I'm sorry, I think it's a great point. I don't think she is the person to be spearheading this at all. And I think it's another thing where I'm like, why are you making this much noise right now? Because listen, two weeks from now, it could be your cauliflower crust pizza it could be some new thing that she'll her, go on her to. pizza um her poor sorry sorry you guys i just exploded about that i didn't get to talk about it on my show yesterday so i yeah. had a lot of thoughts no i mean and i i agree i think i agree with all the points that you made i think the only thing that i really agree with when it comes 
to the point that she's trying to make about reality stars is, and this is more of a reality star thing that they should negotiate into their contract is residuals. I think it's crazy that they don't get residuals for the show. And I remember talking to housewives about this years ago. I'm like, do you get residuals? Do they pay you? And they're like, no, they don't pay us, which again is their fault for not, you know, fighting for that. But also most of these housewives, I forgot who I heard make this point, but most of these housewives are so desperate and like want to be on the show that they don't care. They're not going to be like Bethany where are they? They don't even have the leverage that Bethany had to ask for the money that she asked for when she came back to the show. You think Gina from OC is going to hold out so she can get a six figure six figure payday? Yeah. I also want to point out, though, the thing that is correct is that when these housewives shows started, streaming didn't exist. Yeah. Is that these things didn't exist. So there is. And but by the way, this is where it does tie in with actors and writers. There is a larger conversation to be had when you are. And I would love I said this the other day. I would love for Peacock to release streaming numbers because I'm just personally curious how many people went back and watched Vanderpump Rules for the first time on Peacock, because I imagine quite a few people did, but that is all money that is not having to be shared. Now, of course, these producers and the network and the conglomerates, they put up all the money, they take all the risk, and there is a truth to the matter of, I mean, I know Vanderpump Rules first-time cast members that were offered something ridiculous like 5,000 for a season, Yeah, but they said, listen, you're going to be able to make that up on social media, and that's not a lie. It's not a lie, but sometimes- You'll see even in Scandal, Raquel and Tom weren't getting the brand deals because they're the people that cheated that all of the other cast members were getting. See, but I think Tom and Raquel, if they were smart and leaned into this and did a full Spencer and look at how much money Spencer and Heidi made when they were the most evil people on MTV during the Hill era. But but Zach, they embraced being the evil people. That's what I mean. Tom, Tom, Tom and, and Raquel, Raquel did not embrace. No, that's what yeah. I mean. Tom and Raquel, okay. people are like, they're not making money. It's because they had the potential, but they chose not to. Raquel decided to check her to hide and check herself into a mental care facility for two months. And then now she's trying to argue to get her money now. And it's like pick one or the other. Like I, to me, I'm like, I don't even want buy her wanting to prioritize her mental health because then I'm like, then why are you even trying to get back on Vanderbump rules? Why are you trying to yeah. return to the boyfriend yeah. that was abusive to you? So that's where I don't buy any of the mental health bullshit. That's her trying to rehab her image. But if you want the money, I listen, if she wants to lean into being the villain and she wants the money, I will clap for her and be like, get your paycheck, go and get your dance. Cause here's the thing. Dancing with the stars took on Ryan Lochte. They'll take on like <laughs> these shows don't have much oh of a moral God. compass. Oh, wouldn't that be hysterical of all of a sudden Ariana's already on Dancing with the Stars and then they announce Raquel's coming on Dancing with the Stars. That would be amazing. And they go go toe-to-toe on dance-offs every week. See, if Raquel leaned into this, she could make so much money right now. Yeah, but Zach, see, that's the other key thing is that we're also then having to realize that Raquel is not that person. Raquel couldn't even try to be an outward villain if she really tried. (laughs) Even when she tried to stand up for herself this past season, it came off like this quavering mess. It's like, ah, you can't talk to me like that, Katie. Like it was so not like, she's not that she's not a Brandy Glanville type. She's yeah. not a, she, she's not good at that. So asking her to be something that she's not, and you're right. I've said all along, if you really take your mental health seriously, none of those professionals would say, well, you're healed after two months, time to get back on reality television. No yeah. way. No way. I, I mean, I, I don't think there's any way she's coming back, especially after this week with Graham. With there's the no Graham way. stuff. I was like, that's it. She's no like, way that's she, done. Yeah. It's done. 
I think if that didn't scare her off that day, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's possible we get like an end of season cameo. Um, and maybe it's just her and Sandoval. I don't know. I think that there's a possibility for her to make a cameo at the end of the season, but I don't foresee her ever coming back full time, especially after the yeah. Graham stuff. And by the way, if she doesn't and it's for those mental health reasons, I completely respect that. Like, honestly, like I really I'm not going to take away that I'm sure this was uh so insane for her to deal with, you know, a situation that she created, but a lot of people, when they create that situation, they don't have to also be on reality television. Um, so it, it, it's one of those interesting things to see play out. But I also think we, I never needed to see Raquel again on this show because Same. my prediction is that you're going to see is so much infighting with these people because my prediction is they're not used to this level of success. And I think they're going to start turning on each other at some yeah. point, you know, because you got that brand deal and I didn't, or you got, I think we're going to potentially see the trappings of fame on this season in some ways. I agree. Uh, because I mean, even Sheena was just on her podcast and she was talking about, uh, or actually better than Sheena's podcast. I want to know what you think about Stassi's podcast. Cause she just had Lala on Woo! and they were talking about how they've been cheated on in the past and they don't understand how they were beaten up for being cheated, cheated Zach, on before. Uh, but yeah, so Ariana's cool. getting all these big brand deals. Zach, this is exactly my point. So Stassi, Lala was on Stassi's podcast. Uh, and I, I, I heard some of it this weekend. And I was so dismayed to hear that conversation in particular, because this is where this is where they make these mistakes or this is what you're going to see is that all of a sudden, instead of putting keeping continuing putting the heat on these people to cheat, we're now going, well, I got cheated on. Why? Why didn't I get all this praise? I mean, come on. Stasi and Lala are smart enough women to realize exactly why. Because we never believed that Randall was a good guy to begin with. We never, like when Jackson, when Jack cheated on Stasi, that was the first season of the show. Are you kidding me? You were all young. It's a different thing entirely for women to compare themselves to each other. You know, you can swap stories about how men are completely horrible and lie and all of these things, which are very true. But when you start going, if you start then looking down on a woman that got cheated on because they got more attention than you did, it's like, Lala, like, I don't know what, when you're going to accept that none of us liked Randall. The only reason we started to like Randall is because you swore up and down how amazing he was. Yeah. You said how amazing, how amazing, but it's just apples and oranges. And I, I hated that conversation so much because that's where I'm like, that's the crack starting to show. That's yeah. these cracks going like eventually it's like, how dare you, Ariana? How dare you? And it's like, that should oh, not be the conversation. I yet. think I think every I think the audience, I think the cast, I oh, think they're it, all going to turn on Ariana. Oh, Ariana's going to get the, the other shoes going to drop for her. I already see it coming. It's going to. Well, I see it in comments sometimes on posts I make and it's like. Okay, so like somebody said the other day of like, oh, we all get cheated on, move on. And I'm like, wait a sec. So she shouldn't take brand deals offered to her because you also got cheated on and didn't get brand deals? Like to me, it's such yeah. a weird argument because I think any of us would take these opportunities. And since Ariana is thriving, she seems to genuinely do like these brand deals. She's pretty good at them. It's funny. And yeah, like some, sometimes it's annoying to like see anybody doing multiple, multiple things. But my God, if this is the silver lining on a the shittiest rainbow you've ever seen, then so be it. Like yeah. it'll all wash. It'll all shake out in the wash. Yeah. Ariana is the moment. She won't be the moment forever, but she is the moment. And brands yes. want to be a part of the moment. So they're going to pick her to be the face of their brand. And why should she turn? 
turn, if the money is coming in her direction, why should she turn that down? Don't feel bad for Raquel. Raquel <laughs> should be putting her ass out there, yeah. getting her endorsement deals because there are but, just as many brands with just as big of budgets that will put their name behind Raquel because they know it's going to get numbers on their company. We are such a fickle, weird audience. Like we love bad boys. We love like villains. But at the same time, if you take too many brands, like is Ariana supposed to be Gandhi? Like I, I, I honestly sometimes don't understand it. Like is she, yeah. wait, is she Mother Teresa all of a sudden? Is she, wait, is she not supposed to make it's, any money off of this? That's the name of the game. Yeah. You think Lala is going to turn to, and by the way, all of those other women, you know, it's like, even in that conversation, I'm like, well, Lala, like, I mean, those send it to Daryl shirts. She admitted that put yeah. her down payment on her Palm Springs house. Lala, you know, so many more people tuned into her podcast because of this yeah. the vanderpump economy is thriving I would you say, might not be the head of it right now but eventually someday you might be i would say of any of all of the vanderpump girls i mean stassi and lala probably were the are the most successful and have the most money that they've been able to make capitalizing off of the vanderpump name maybe not in this moment because of scandal they're all making money and ariana's probably making the most money of all of them but i would say stassi i mean listen stassi just got canceled two years later wrote a book did a tour sold out yes, like she's, Stassi's thriving she's fine she's thriving. not even on television and she's fine Lala too she's doing her beauty line her baby line her her merch line like she's doing her podcast she is doing so fine um Ariana but isn't, it, but isn't that like it it's like Kardashians though right it's like yeah they always want something that they don't, they don't have. Yeah. They always like, you know, like sometimes they have this inability to look and they're competitors, you know, Lala and Stassi, especially those are two competitors, not with each other, but just yeah. in life, they're very strong women, which I respect. But yeah. like, for me, like my OG is Sheena. Like I want to make <laughs> sure Sheena's See. thriving because Sheena, like I like Sheena's the OG, like shenanigans was a podcast before any of yeah. their podcast. I mean, Stassi, uh, but like before Lala's, like I want Sheena to thrive. I want all of them in some facet to thrive. But when you start pointing fingers, that's what I'm telling you. That's what I predict that these seasons are going to turn into, which is kind of going to be weirdly fascinating. The only one I do really feel bad for that I think maybe is entitled to, to if be you a say Schwartz, If you say Schwartz, I'm going to fuck it. I'm leaving right now. <laughs> no, not Schwartz. Kristen Doty. Oh, yeah. I, she I, deserved I want... so much more and she really got the short end of every stick. Um. Yeah, like... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've talked. She and she has a podcast right now where they're recapping old Vanderpump episodes yeah. with her dude, and and I, I I've gotten to know her a bit recently, and and I really I I hope Vanderpump Valley succeeds because yeah. I think she went off. I think she learned some really hard lessons. Uh, I think uh, it is interesting that it's like it is interesting. But I I, I asked her. I said like, listen, when you came back, was it nice? I mean, there were detractors, of course, but the overwhelming majority was so thrilled to have you come back on. Did that feel good? And then I was trying to ask her, like, isn't it legendary when you said suck a dick to Diana on Vanderpump Rules? And she's like, no, I mean, it's just weird. It's like you think of all these weird moments that we think of as legendary. Yeah. She's not particularly like the happiest with. But we think of them as like, wow, you were a part of history. Yeah. <laughs> or like Stassi hates the the Pinot Grigio scene with Sheena. She's like, I don't get why yes. people are so interested. I'm like, it was just such a good moment. Like, it, we fall 
fall in love with these lines and they only live them out once because they actually did them. But we repeat them on reruns again and again. We make T-shirts. We talk about them ad nauseum. The fandom continues yeah. to make memes of these things. So they become this like part of our DNA with them. It's just like, oh man, I was growing up. I was a smart ass. I was an asshole. And it's so interesting to hear some of them on the flip side of this. And that's why for people like Jackson, like be careful what you wish for, man. Coming back to that show, it's not... It, the show makes your brain mush. It makes yeah. you do bad things. I think, it encourages you to go a bad way. Why would you want to do that? I know money, but come on. I think his marriage to Britney is going to be done if they come. That's back. exactly what I said. I said you're I, I, you're going to potentially ruin this beautiful family that you have because old demons die hard. And when you're put in that, when you're wanting to show up for the show, you're getting more attention. You're getting more people reaching out to you going, you look pretty good on this week's episode. Like you just don't like Jax can't trust himself, no. you know, and, and he will always argue all of these points, but I would just say the show, the show is not fake. The show by some weird alchemy picks up what's yeah. behind these characters eyes and we all can see it. Yeah. And, and that's what we love it for. But it's funny yes. talking about like the iconic lines. The only one that really leans into it and still uses her lines all the time is Bethany Frankel. Like in her interview with Jill, she was like, wow, Bethany. Wow. Like she was not even her own lines. She was like taking like other women's lines and like using them. Like she's just so. <laughs> well, Zach, Zach, Bethany created all the lines. Remember, yeah. Bethany created reality television. Mm -hmm. She is responsible for everything that we watch, yeah. everything that's like done. She had the idea first. But also it is interesting because I'm like, yeah, girl, get yours. But at the same time, it's like whiplash. Like you're trying on dollar store face masks one day. You're out there trying to interview Jill a second day. The, the next thing I would predict is that we're going to get not that she she's not going to want to do this at all. But eventually, when she feels like, you know, some attention is waning, she'll go for the Carol Radswell interview. We'll finally get that at some point. She won't want to do it, but she'll be like, I don't I need more attention this yeah. month and she'll do it. Do you think she'll do Carol or do you think she'll do Kelly Bensimone? Well, Carol would be the way more fascinating conversation. And also Carol would actually be able to call out some things in a very astute way. The Kelly Bensimone would be a wreck. So I think she would do Kelly first yeah. because I think Bethany would love to dunk on Kelly a lot more and then kind of hug her at the end and act like, but Bethany is positioning herself as the president of reality television. And I think that is not who you need to vote for in this election. No. <laughs> No. But people love her, and I don't want to take away that. Like she, she's deserved of all our our love. She's a historical figure in Housewives. She and not just Housewives, but reality TV in general. She was one of the first people to really build this big, crazy, successful business outside of Housewives. Well, Zach, you know she created television. Yeah. She invented it. Yeah, she yeah. invented the television in 1934. <laughs> Trust me, there will come a day where she will talk about how, you know, when she reflects on when she came up with Andy Cohen back in the day. Yeah, he said when we were swap, we were coming up together. I remember it like it was we were in preschool together. And wait, have you interviewed Bethany yet? No, I've not interviewed Bethany. I hear yeah. she's a terrible interview. Yeah, I've I've uh, I've heard some horror stories. That's the other like, why would you put yourself in these positions to get shit on by somebody like Bethany? Yeah, I just I. Bethany's an I am always fascinated by her. Have you seen her YouTube show? I have watched a couple of of them. Are they good? Well, that was an 
Yeah, they're fine. But it is funny when somebody is trying to break into like TikTok or YouTube. There's like a learning curve with all of those things. I find myself doing that as well. But, you know, she's trying to like do the edits and do the it's it's interesting. Like I I find it's just like she tries on all of these things or she sees that something's popular. So I feel like she co-ops it. She's not usually the first person to think of it, but she's the loudest person to talk about it. Because she doesn't shut up and she talks about how great she is at it. She's like, my podcast is number one and I have four podcasts and all four of my podcasts. Listen, I will say that as a podcaster, her strategy is smart in the sense that she has four different separate feeds. Um, it's essentially the same fucking shit or she sits down for one hour and clips it out into 10 minutes each and then uploads one. Oh, on does the she? And one's on this. Yeah. She has rewives and just be like, oh, her, see, I don't... her Jill interview was like, maybe they maybe filmed that for like an hour and a half, maybe two hours. And then it's segments that she then spreads onto all her different podcasts. Oh, I didn't know that's how she did. That is a really great, that's a great way. I just, I just couldn't, I, I couldn't do that even if it was completely smart. Like I want to give everybody everything yeah. as much as I can all the time. And I just don't think of it from a business standpoint. And then, by the way, that's hurt me a lot of times, but <laughs> the same, you know, like it is, you know, first and foremost, she is very business minded. I will completely give her that. Yeah. I just, sometimes um, it just takes up all the oxygen in the room. I and agree. if, and you know, I was hoping that she would eventually, or I thought she'd come back to Housewives at some point, and now I feel like no, she's put that done. nail in the cob. That's done, you know? Bethany and Nini will never be invited back to Housewives ever after all this. But but also, at a certain point, it's like, can you blame them? If you do stupid shit and yeah. say stupid shit, yeah. things are going to happen. It's like Sandoval. If you cheat on somebody in that big of a way, you're going to have a reaction. There are consequences to our actions. Like we think Nini is legendary. I mean, Mount Rushmore yeah. legendary. She will exist in meme format and reruns for the rest of our days. And it's sad because sometimes when you do say something so hard, there's just not a lot. You can't come back from that sometimes. Yeah. And the audience can see through when it's genuine and when it's ego. And I think a lot of housewives move to this place where they operate out of ego and they feel like, but I mean, like I get it at the same time too, to the point of like residuals of like, like you said, but Nini's forever going to be, you know, memeable. And like her image is forever going to be iconic in that sense. And Bravo's always going to end up with the bottom line penny from that, that she will never see. But it's like, you also have to look at the opportunity and the advantage of that, of being like, okay, well then that still makes me relevant. And as long as I can stay relevant, I can make money somewhere else doing something else in a way that continues to capitalize off of that in a different way. Yeah. I mean, I think also Bethany is accepted. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I never could do this, but she's accepted also that even being disliked is still attention. Yeah. And that still makes money. And I think she is fully leaned into that as well. So it's very pro wrestler in a sense of, yeah. listen, you're going to love me. You're going to hate me, but you're going to be talking about me like we're doing right now. And I just think for me, I don't want to be talked about in complete, like you might disagree with me. You might say some negative things, but I don't want just a whole hour of like, I mean, I don't think I have the, um, the stomach for that. And Bethany, I think that is what takes a good business person as well, is that she truly doesn't care. Like at the end of the day, you guys, she's not one of those people that I love my fans. Like she might <laughs> say that, but it's not that. Like I'm telling you, go approach Bethany uh, someplace publicly and see how she reacts to you. 
I will say, I, I do get my fair share of heat. And I feel like at some point you just become so desensitized to it that you kind of just lean into it. Um, yeah, I've heard bad things, but I'm talking about in terms of like really like being so wrong about something and not being able to listen yeah. to any other side. And I think she is kind of of that, like, I yeah. know the only way. Very Trumpian, like you said. Yeah. Listen, and it's working for her. She's got four top podcasts in the charts right now, and she's number one on TikTok, and she's number one on YouTube. But she's worth $80 million. Why do you need any of that stuff? <laughs> Why is it worth it? You have a beautiful daughter, a beautiful life. That's what I'm saying. You, But you still, that's the part in me of that. In, it's like that eternal thirst is something that is to be studied because I truly, I'm just, I really, Cause I'm like, wow, this is just so wild. Like I just, her mind must be just this whirling dervish of never being able to sit still of, you know, what drives her is something that I would be fascinated to ask her is like, what truly drives you? I think just the thrill of the game. I mean, I, yeah. I had, if I got 80 million tomorrow, I would use that to invest more into the podcast and to invest more into the overexposing myself. I just so you're gonna you're, you're gonna do the avatar of podcasting. I will. Uh, I'm gonna create technology that. No, I I listen, and you are great at that. I I am not. I I'm not good at that kind of stuff. It's something that I I need to learn to get better about, and I admire that about you. But with Bethany, I feel like it's a whole different yeah. thing because yeah. sometimes I don't even think she bothers to get good at these things. No, I think she just right. does them. She does them just to do that. And it's very like it's also very reckless at the same time. And like like even when she started her podcast, she's like, I don't know how to do a podcast. And I don't even I've never listened to a podcast before. But here I am. I'm number one on the podcast charts. And it's like I, I, I agree with you. And she does have this like bottomless pit. And I think that's why, you know, she's continued to drive all of her success, like all of her shows. I think a lot of like even her HBO show, I think, had a lot of potential, but her ego blinded her from being able to work, you know, with HBO in a productive way to like make it successful. Yeah. And also like there are tricks with podcasting. Like if we want number yeah. one podcast, yeah. I know exact I know exactly who to reach out to. I would never do it, but you know those things yeah. that will immediately get you like you know, it's like tricks tricks that you use and I'm still of that kind of thing. Well, good old fashioned hard work can get you there too. Of like just really putting all of your heart into something, showing people that you do care and that you do love these shows. That can get you it's going to take longer. It's going to yeah. take a lot longer, but it's going to get you there. I agree. Yeah. Which, by the way, come out to Zach's show tonight. <laughs> uh, remember, it is sold out, but you're just going to you're going to chant Zach at the front door and they're going to eventually have to let you in. And then just also then tell you that the Bra Bros, just say uh, the Bra Bros got me a ticket. Have you collaborated with the Bra Bros yet? Yes, I had, they're great. I okay, uh, we've been, I, I was on theirs. They were on mine uh, good, during Scandaval, and I'm I look forward to working with them again. It's the thing with like I love I mean, everybody's awesome. It's just like the amount of like, you know, like people reach out to me, like, can I come on your show? I'm like, yeah, great. Perfect. I mean, I just don't, I'm not organized in the way that some people yeah. like, I'm like, hell yeah. Like I Zach, I'm like, yeah, Zach, come on next week. Come on whenever you want. Like yeah. it also, I love when people ask me to come on the show. Cause I'm like, <laughs> oh, perfect. That does my job that I totally would have forgot. Um, we should do, you're in Arizona, right? Yep. Yep. We should do a live show in Arizona. Bring the bra bros. We'll come to you. Yeah, I mean, listen, 114 degrees right now. I mean, maybe not uh, right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is a dream, though. That is something that I mean, I want to do live shows, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, that'll be a part of things. And and uh, yeah, but like, love the Bra Bros, love what you guys are all doing, and and I wish I could be at the New York show. That sounds awesome. Well, soon we'll see each other soon. 
Yeah. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, available on all podcast platforms. You're also on YouTube now. You've got a killer Instagram account. What else do you want the people to know about you, Bailey? Yeah, YouTube. Uh, we had Dumois on the podcast on Monday. Uh, she was great as usual. Did a lot of pop culture, Barbie and Oppenheimer and all the Bravo stuff. Uh, we'll do an OC recap later this week. But yeah, that's the whole thing. Also, Patreon. I have a patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. We're um, doing full recaps of the new season of Roni over there. So uh, I look forward to to being goofy about those ladies over there on the Patreon, if that's your thing as well. And that's it. Just, uh, you know, if you like any of these shows, leave them five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, do that for any podcast that you listen to. It's the freest way that you can support your favorite podcaster. Yeah, I mean, listen, guys, we work very hard to give this all to you. Um, and I think you're the same way. Like, I don't like charging for content. I like very, I even have like- Oh, some, I hate it. I have like memberships and, memberships and subscriptions, but I'm just like, but I would just rather give it away all free on the main podcast. So we do work really hard. So my point is the reviews, the subscribing on YouTube, the commenting on YouTube, the liking, all of those things really do help us and they really do matter and support the show and they're free. So it's an easy way to yeah. show your love to content creators because we all work very, very hard. Even the ones that don't like me, you can support them too. All right, guys. Uh, I love you. I appreciate you. Give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. Follow the podcast at No Filter with Zach. And I will see you live tonight in New York City. City Winery. Got the Bra Bros. Got Megan King. I'm excited to, <laughs> to, pick her, to pick her brain. All right, guys. Love you. Appreciate you. And I will talk to you later. Bye.